Hello and welcome to the Views from the Holgate podcast. My name is Don Brown and today is a very special episode because I have two guests on with me today to talk about everything Middlesbrough related. Uh, coming back for his third guest appearance on one of my podcasts is Alex Royal. Say hi, Alex. Hello. How are you doing? I'm all right. How are you? Yeah, fine. Thank you very much. I'm excited to uh, welcome the debutante, Mitch Taylor, for our, our podcast. How are you doing, Mitch? I'm good, thanks. How are you? Thank you for having me. All right. Um, so brought you guys on today because although it's special, I've got you two here as well. It's also special because it's transfer deadline day uh, for the January window. Middlesbrough, you know, we, we've, we've had a reasonably busy uh, January window by January window sta- extendings for Borough. Usually it's really, really boring. We only bring in either people who aren't good enough, like you said, in the Premier League, Premier League one, or we don't get anybody else in. But so far this January, we've seen Yannick Balassi come in. We've also seen Darnell Fisher arrive permanently from Preston. So we'll get into like what's going to go on in deadline day later on in the podcast, who we could be seeing coming in because we're recording this a few hours before the deadline passes. So could st- things could still happen, but nothing as of yet. But so far this window, we have seen Yannick Balassi come in and we've seen Fisher also come in. Um, Alex, what have you? Um, what, what do you think to the uh, signings of Balassi and Fisher? And because we saw them against Norwich, how do you think they did? Yeah, I mean, I think Balassi on paper is a very, very good championship sign. I mean, the only thing that really was a bit off-putting was the fact he hadn't played a competitive game in of just over a year, I think it was 13 yeah. months or something. So, yeah, it was obvious he was going to be a bit rusty against Norwich. Um, and it's, and you, could, you, could tell, you could tell sort of watching it that he hadn't played competitive football in a while. But I think, obviously, he'll come on from that. And I think, you know, he's a very, very solid player at championship level. I mean, we're going back, what, seven, eight years and... That Palace team that went up, um, him and Zahar um, were absolutely brilliant together. So, you know, there's no denying he's got it at this level. Um, it's just whether he can sort of, you know, get off the rustiness and rediscover some of that old spark that we all know he's capable of. Yeah, very true. Mitch, what do you think of Balassi in his first game? And do you think he's going to be good for us or not? Um I do think that we need to probably um, have him on the wing. I don't think he's an out-and-out striker, but I can kind of see why he played him there. To try and mm-hmm. get on the shoulder of the defender, turn him, attack the goal. But I think he is needed to be executed on the wing. I think he will be a good player. Yeah, yeah I'd, I'd agree. Because I think, like, what, what did he say after the Norwich game? He said that he didn't trust him up against, like, Max Ahrens or something, which I think is probably fair. Ahrens is a really good player. Probably, probably Premier League quality as well. But I think... Yeah, like I would, I wouldn't be against if you have, if you had him up front and you had like somebody else with him. Because there's a few times where he just wasn't wasn't making the right runs. Like we won the ball back yeah. and all in the first half, and like it was Marcy pushing yeah. forward. And it's like yeah. you need Balassi on the shoulder of the defender, like you say, you need him to be getting in behind. But because he'd chased down a bit, yeah. he was too tired. So if you had yeah. like him and Akpom up front, Akpom might have run in behind or something. But yeah, I mean, think he might be good. Um, well, I mean. And another point, Dom, is I'll go back to the fact that he hadn't played in you know thirteen months, so he's not going to be you know mm. sharp, sharp as anything. So, but you know, oh, yeah. I think for his first competitive game in that time frame, I think he did all right. Mm-hmm. But I can, I do agree with your point that he has to play out wide. But yeah, no, I, I, I think he could be a good player as well. Like 
you see it sometimes with players. Like, so he he kind of fell out of favour at Everton after his big money move, and he was obviously really good at Palace. He was good to start with at Everton. He got that injury. I can't remember when it was, but he got a really bad knee injury, didn't he? So then yeah. he just kind of faded away for them. I think maybe he needs to be a bit more focused because I he, he's been on yeah. loan at like Sporting Lisbon. He got Landelect yeah. as well, so it's like maybe he wasn't yes. fully focused and stuff. Like maybe he yeah. needed, maybe he needs someone like Warnock to come in and say, right, come on, yeah. like, you're a good player. Yeah, you need to realise this. Well. Well, this this is what Warnock's absolutely brilliant at, and you know he's come out and said it himself. He enjoys turning, you know, has beens and you know having a go with them type of thing. You know, he's mm-hmm. publicly come out and said that, and you know he does strike me as one of the better sort of man managers within the game. Yeah. Um, Mitch, we all, like I said before, we also brought in Daniel Fisher, um, three hundred thousand pounds or so from Preston. He played his first game in three weeks against Norwich, and I'd say he pocketed uh, Todd Cantwell, Premier League player as well. Did you think he was good uh, on the weekend? What do you think? Um, I do think. I mean, he's been proven at this level for probably three years now. Mm-hmm. Um, I do think he's going to be a good addition to the squad, but I think it's going to be a good battle between him and Dykesteel for the, for the shirt. To be honest. I think it's going to be a tough one because, I mean, Dykesdale's got the, the big physical, scary approach and then Fisher's got the fast, powerful approach. So I do think it's a good different option that we've brought in. Yeah, um, I agree, agree with you. Yeah. Can I, I also he's... say about Balassi as well? Yeah. Just quick, just quickly from before. Um, oh, two seconds. thoughts gone. All right, yeah. I'll give you a sec to think about it, but yeah, yeah, Alex. We, we well, I, I, I call you, I'm gonna call you Royal. We all know you as Royal, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Royal. Yeah, um, whatever. Uh, so we say about Fisher and Dyke Steel, that, that's kind of yeah. some good, that's good competition on the right hand side, isn't it? Because yeah. you say the bowler, bowler's come to the front and he's just kind of taking that left back spot for himself. And yeah. if anything were to happen to bowler, then you might worry. Yeah about that left-back spot, because it's like, right, you've got Johnson to fill in there, you've got Coulson, who Warnock doesn't really trust. Whereas on the right-hand side now, you've yeah. actually got competition for spaces, because Spence looked yeah. a bit... Spence was a bit out of sorts in those two games we lost. Yeah. Like, I know yeah. that one of the goals against Rotherham, he wasn't even in the picture. And then yeah. the goal against Blackburn, him and Housen were, like, marking each other. So I just think having a right-back there by some championship experience and is actually going to contribute yeah. defensively, like, can't turn that down for £300,000, can you? Yeah, no, I was I was gonna say, I mean, you know, what's three hundred thousand pounds in today's football? It's, it's nothing mm-hmm. really, you know. It's solid, proven championship right back, you know, and you know he's come through Celtic's academy, so he's got. I think he's played a couple couple of Euro- European games for them as well. So, mm-hmm. you know, and obviously looks solid, um, looked assured on the ball. Um, very good technically, yeah. and you know, as you were saying about putting Todd Cantwell, who is obviously at this level a very, very good player. You know, that's not exactly a, a bad way to to uh, leave your mark on your first game. No. And yeah, it is obviously good to have some sort of competition for a right back role. Obviously, for when Dykesdale comes back, um, Spence, however. Um, I just don't see him as a right back at all. You know, he, as you yeah. saw against Rotherham and Blackburn, you know, it's just his whole defensive awareness is just it's not good enough, really. 
you know, and I think, you know, I don't mind him, but I think if you're going to play him, you're going to have to play him as a winger because I don't think he's got the defensive awareness um, that Dyke Stay and Fisher do to play right back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think yeah. Uh, I think Alex has nailed it right on the head there with saying Spence isn't a right back. No, yeah, I, I agree. I was, I was about to chime in and say as well, like he's the, the best things he does when he's a right back is going forward, and it, yeah. in, in a in a Warnock system, you've got to be able to defend, haven't you? Yeah. But even even going forward, I'm a bit annoyed with him sometimes. Like, because you you'll get the ball, he'll be like in line with the the 18 yard box, and he'll like do a step over, come back inside, yeah. try to beat the guy again, then cross it left footed into the box. And I'm yeah. just thinking, you saw what happened with, with Traore when when Pulis yeah. got there, and for all I've mourned about yeah. Pulis recently because Bamford's doing well for Leeds, Pulis said to him, right, you take that ball, knock it past the lad, put it in the box, and see what happens. I think if Spence did that, I know we don't have the tallest of strikers, and this is what we're going to look for. No. Hopefully, get someone yeah. in on deadline day. You just think, yeah. well, what, why isn't Spence just beating the guy for pace after doing a step over? Yeah. And getting the ball in the box because his his crosses per game must be very low. I, I don't see him putting many successful yeah. ones in. I mean, yeah, well, that that was you know the thing with the with the strikers we got. We haven't got any sort of big, you know, Warnock type strikers who can play crosses into. I mean, Brit Brit Macpom are more sort of uh, will play at the shoulder of the last man, sort of over top through balls type of striker. But we've not really got that sort of physical presence up top up top for what you said, sort of taking people on, getting them across in, mm-hmm. um, which um, obviously bringing in the whole Famara Jeju thing, um, which, you know, obviously doesn't look like it's going to happen anymore because mm-hmm. Bristol have come out come out and said, well, we're not interested in a Samba longer. Um, it's obviously a shame because, you know, Jeju strikes me as a Warnock type striker. You know, he's technical. He scored. He scored. I mean, his goal. His goal record's pretty good. It's not like you know a goal every game type of thing. But you know, when if you compare it to Brit, who's you know fifteen million pounds and a, a one in four type of striker, I think Jeju is better than that. And plus, one thing is he'd offer us that physical presence that we don't have. But unfortunately, it looks like that one isn't going to happen. Um, unless something drastic happens, so I don't think I'll shut up about that. Um, one person who I have seen linked mm-hmm. with us um, was Abubakar Kamara. Um, yeah, the warrior has AK forty seven on the back of his shirt or whatever. Yeah, uh, yeah, from Fulham, and you know, I mean, he's he's a similar type of player to Jeju, but he doesn't have. For me, he hasn't got sort of the the goals, the goal scoring record. No. Um, the Jeju offers, um, but you know, I think if you're bringing someone in, right? I mean, he's, he's certainly phys- he's certainly physical enough and off with physicality, which is which is what we're looking for. But I think in terms of sort of his goals to games type of thing, and you know, it hasn't always been. The smoothest, smoothest of voyages for him. For him, I mean, he's been loaned out a couple of times to team teams in Turkey, which you know makes you think, oh, yeah. I mean, he had like, like a bus stop or something, or did he get like banned or something as well? Yeah, I was, I, I was going to say there was, there was rumours of a bus stop the training ground, which I think why they sent him out to Turkey. So you know, there's yeah. obviously that as well. So you're thinking, hmm, 
would you take yeah. him though? Like, would you take him yeah. over? Would you take him over anybody linked, or would you just take him because we're not going to get anybody else in? Well, there's signing people and the signing people, you know, for the sake of signing people. And, you know, I don't want us to bring any, you know, dead rubber in who aren't going to, you know, contribute what we want them to contribute, I think. I don't want any Gestets or Guediaras, you know, them, them type of just, you know, yeah. signing people for the sake of signing someone for publicity type of signings. Mm-hmm. No, I think if I'd rather us sign, well, obviously try and sign someone who fits our system and not get them and sign, you know, two people come in, don't fit the system. Yeah. A bit, a bit like, like a Lucas Nemecha type signing. You yeah. know, he gets 15 minutes off the bench, one game in three, you know, doesn't yeah. fit the system, doesn't have time to make an impact, that type of thing. Yeah, well, Warnock's showing he's, he's not going to like stand for people. He's not going to play people he doesn't want. Like with even someone like Roberts, you've seen like Patrick Roberts could definitely like get into any team in the championship. You think like you could probably get into like on his day he gets into every team in the championship. But yeah, Warnock like well I can't find a place for him out wide because he doesn't do defensive work. Like, what more's come in and he's done better than him in the ten role. So I yeah. can't play him in the ten role. So I'm not not going to play him. So I think if, if he well, if he got somebody in, he's a, he he just no, he's not going to play them for the sake of it. Yeah, exactly, and you know that's what you want to see. You want to see. You don't want to. You don't want a manager. Or I want to sign him, and then the chairman says, "Oh, where are you going to play?" He's like, oh, "I just want to sign him." Yeah. Type of thing. So, so pointless signing for the sake of signing someone a big, big no go for me. But I think yeah. going back to your point about Roberts, um, I can see exactly where you're coming from. Um, don't know why, but he doesn't put the donkey work in, sort of tracking back and stuff like that. Um, so yeah, I can I can see why Warnock, you know, doesn't start him. And you know, the start he has given him against Rotherham, um, he's not he's not exactly sees his opportunity. No. You know, he's not not being um, I don't I don't I don't know how he'd say it, like he's just doesn't doesn't look like sort of cementing a place in the first team because he's not yeah, putting. Yeah, he's, yeah he's, I mean, he's, he's not come on and said like, "This is why you have to play me," has he? No, he's not sort of staked his claim. But you know, I mean, Rotherham was just it was a, it was a shambles from start to finish. Really. Yeah, you know, I think the whole team were just poor. Uh, so you know, I mean, I think you know that's for me is maybe a little bit harsh saying he, you know, he was you know, the worst player, which by far he wasn't. But, you know, like yeah. when you're given a chance to start, you want him to show, you know... Yeah, Wingley did against Birmingham, didn't he? Yeah, exactly. I'm sure why he started. And he, he didn't play very well afterwards. But I think Wing's done that, and I think, yeah, so there's a few other players you could, um, hopefully... Uh, well, sorry, I should, I should say there was a few players who should have improved on that game, but then didn't really show it. Wasn't it I think... Mitch, did you remember what you were going to say about Balassi or not? No, I was going to move on to a Kamara um, when uh, Ryland said about that. So in 91 oh, appearances yeah. for Fulham, he's only scored 17 goals and seven of them were in uh, the 2017-18 season in the Championship. Yeah. Um, I just don't think he'll provide as much as what we've got now. I think you do need that. He's not exactly what we need right now. I think we need that big striker up front. We do need someone to just hoof the ball to in games that we have to battle for. Yeah. yeah. Like Jedrick, which is where Jedrick comes in. Oh, oh yeah. And 
Oh, another another name that I saw recently, but unfortunately I think he's going back to Germany, is Robert Glatzel, who played under Warnock at Cardiff. And mm-hmm. you know, he's he's a Warnock striker, he's not six foot six, holds the ball up well, offers the aerial threat as to physicality, and his goal scoring record's pretty good. But like the Jeju deal, I think that's dead in the water because he's going to Mainz in Germany. So I think we can unfortunately forget about him. But so him and Jeju are the type of players we need. And obviously, as for Kamara, I was saying about his goal scoring record being pretty poor. You know, nineteen so, so seven. So what is it? Wasn't it seven seventeen goals in ninety one games? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah, that's you know that's sort of a goal every five point five point two games or something. So you know it's not exactly prolific. Yeah. And then again, he I was saying again that he he has been loaned out because of bust ups with staff. So you've got to think, oh, if he has a bust up here, you know we're going to be paying his wages just to you know train his own and not be in the squad type of thing. Instead, um, <laughs> yeah. Well, that's that's exactly what we don't want. And uh, looking at, um, but I think sorry, at the moment, mean? what we want is just players that are going to fight for this club and want to fight for promotion. Yeah, that, that's, exactly. a, that, you know, that's been the problem, hasn't it? Yeah, I think we, we've had a few players in all the past, like since the allegation, who just haven't actually just like accepted the paycheck. And I mean, it might, yeah. be, it, might be a bit, it might be a bit harsh. Sorry, you mentioned his name before, Royal, but I think maybe Asamba Long has been one of them. Like, he, yeah, he's got the captain's armband this year. But he's, he's yeah. been he's been collecting over thirty five grand a week, and it's like he's he's definitely yeah. not been the kind of guy you'd hope you were getting no. when you paid the fifteen million quid. And and as well, the, the whole being captain thing, you know, you want a captain like Ledbet, you know, who's going to rally them, you know, when the going gets stuff right. Say how we how we then we know we're better than this, and you know, Britt doesn't do any of that. Mm. He just he just sort of prances about really on his own up top where the armband and you know you never see him doing a huddle doing huddles you know trying to motivate the other other players anything like that you know so none of the stuff you want to see your captain do yeah he does which I think you know if you're going to be a captain you need to be a proper leader and I don't think we've had a proper leader um, since then but I mean Ben Gibson you know he was he was he was all right, but he wasn't he wasn't as good as Ledbetter was. You know, mm-hmm. Gibson at least Gibson would say, right, are we then? Come on, you know, we're better than this type of thing. But you know, for a terms of an all round captain, I don't think we've had one since Ledbetter left. I think you always used to know you always used to notice and see like when when um, like friend would be captain if Ledbetter was out of some games like in the Premier League. You just yeah. see sometimes like you wouldn't be able to get the heads back up. If we conceded early, so yeah, I, I, I think maybe one of this year they keep what he's he's got housing in the team. He's got Fry, who's been captain before. He's had McNair captain. He's also brought in Marcy, yeah. and it's like he's got he knows he's got leaders in there. So that was kind of a symbolic thing for some longer. See, like yeah. oh well, does does this captain's armband bring another side out of you? And it, it hasn't really done this year, has it? So no, I think of it hasn't. And uh, his contract up the end of the season, it's going to be a shame to see him go. But Mitch, what do you think, like? What's your thoughts on Sambalonga then? Because as he came in, he's our record signing, and he's kind of like he's he's always he's like he's like our top goal scorer now, like in the Riverside era. But it, 
I think it, when you write the history book about Middlesbrough, you're very rarely going to see the name British on Belonga. No, I think um, I think he's put a, sh- a, look, a shift in at the club. I just I don't. I think we could have probably tried to get some money for him in this window because it's going to be a shame we would lose him for absolutely nothing at the end of the season. Um, I think him being captain this season, I think he's one of them players just lead by example. I think he just gets on the pitch, gets on with it. Everyone should follow. But I do agree. I do think we do need that person who's going to pick the team up when we're down, rally them up off off anything. I think we just need that leader somewhere. Yeah, and going back to what Don was saying, it's not like but we've not got lead the team. We've got we've got fancy, we've got Fry, got Morsey, got McNair. You know, people like that. I mean, McNair's topped in Northern Ireland a few times, so you know, to say we haven't got any leaders in the team to be a bit silly. But I think sort of when Warnock said, Oh, Brick, you can have the armband, I don't really think that he thought thought about it too long and you know that type of thing. So yeah. when he's given it, I think he's given it in a hasty decision, you know, to try and get him motivated. Um, I'm, I mean, I can't say or deny that it has motivated him in terms of the goal scoring, but I think, you know, in terms of his leadership, I mean, he's not shown it. I mean, yeah, he gets, he gets on with it, but for me, the captain, you know, need to be someone, you know, rally the lads, sort of, pick them up when the going gets tough type of thing. And, you know, for me, he just doesn't strike me as one of those. That's a, that's a very fair point. I think he sometimes has got, like, over his time at the club, he's got some some stick from, the like, the fans and stuff, like... But, yeah, and I, I can't sit here and say all that, like, all that stick was, like, misplaced and stuff because I remember that game against Sheffield Wednesday when Monk came back and he like he couldn't hit a barn door with a banjo. Like literally, he he missed every single chance that came to him. And he's what did he he scored against did he score against Forest the other week? And that was the first time he scored against Forest in like the six or seven meetings he's had since then. So he's he's been bad for us. But I feel like yeah. I feel like he's also got it worse than other people have. So like Fletcher's not got it as bad because I, I remember that Miss Fletcher had last year against Huddersfield. Yeah. But, but championship yeah. strikers are always going to miss easy chances because yeah. if they didn't, they'd be a Premier League striker. Like it sounds stupid well, to say, but it's like you can't expect them to score like week in, week out. Like, yeah, they're going to be scoring like a goal in every three games or so, which is about what Brit has for us. But I feel like it was almost like that with Alvarez as well. Like you come in for a lot of money, and if you, unless you're like the best player at the club, which you should be for that amount of money, which he. He's probably yeah. been our best player, but he's not formed that well. Yeah. You've got to say he's been a bit disappointing on a whole. Yeah, I mean, I think, I think, I, like, it's probably a bit, bit harsh, but if, if you're looking back at his time, it's 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 not been what you'd expect for 15 million quid. No, exactly. You know, I mean, coming in, you know, signing him off, you know, he's pretty much single handedly kept Forrest up, scored 20 plus goals, and you're thinking, right, get this guy, get this guy, and he's the man to fire us back to the Premier League. And you know, and you go back to the point about fifteen million pounds. You know, has it has he justified that price tag? No, I don't think he has. You know, he's averaging a goal in sort of three point two games or whatever. Which you know, for your main talisman, you know, fifteen million pounds, putting putting that sort of faith in him. You know, it's not exactly the return you want to see. But I do think as well, um, going back to your point about sort of 
criticism of Fletcher, etc., etc. Um, I do think Brit gets blamed more often because of his price tag, mm-hmm. which you know I think can be a bit harsh at times. But I just think he's not lived up to what he's written, what um, was expected of me, which. With you know, that season Gibson said, Right, Monk, there's 50 million, get us out of this league. And you know, the signings, you know, there were some were some very good signings in there, like Johnny House and a couple of million, he was one of the better ones. But then you had people, you know, like Martin Braithwaite, who came in, had a stop when the going got tough, buggered off to the Garnis, and you know, now he's in Barcelona, which I'm absolutely speechless about. I laugh every time I see him in that number nine shirt. It's, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, it's, you know, I mean, it may, it makes you wonder, because um, obviously people won't have watched him for us, or they'll just think, oh, he must have been decent at Borough to go to the Garn and then get a move to Barcelona, yeah. when the fact was he was absolutely dreadful for us. Well, he couldn't be asked of anything. Yeah. And when the going got tough, he so, soaked in his chair, buggered off to Spain, and yeah, the rest is history, as they say. But, you know, I think going back to a sombre longer um, and back on topic, you know, has he justified his price tag? No, not for me. I think when you're signing one of the most prolific championship scorers um, who was getting, you know, 20 plus season and as I said single-handedly kept Forrest in the championship you do expect more from him you really do and I think sort of the one in three striker for that kind of money is mm-hmm. it's power yeah I agree you got any thoughts on last thoughts on the summer longer than Mitch before I'll move on to any more transfer business Um, I just think if he wants a contract back from us in the summer if he does want to stay I think he's going to have to get Socked pulled up, I think he's going to have to dig in and basically just try and fight for a contract because, I mean, there's going to be plenty of people who will offer him one in the summer, but he might not get the money that he wants. Um, I think he's just going to have to accept the fact either put a shift in or hope someone comes in for him in uh, the summer. Well, yeah, this this is one of the things the Bristol City reporter was saying, but you know, a somber longer's wage demands could be a problem for them if they were going to bring him in. And, you know, obviously, signing a lad for 15 million and losing him for free, you know, it doesn't look great for profit loss. But, you know, I don't think uh, so at this stage now we're going to get... We're, I mean, we were never, ever going to make back the 15 million on him, man. Yeah. The 15 yeah. million pounds we paid for him. Um, but obviously to lose a player for free is it's poor, poor management poor money management yeah. and you know obviously we go back to the Daniel Fisher transfer you know he was out of contract in the summer and you know we paid what 300 grand for him which is a nominal fee you know if we could get maybe two three million for Brit you know I'd, I'd snap your hands off I really would but mm. it doesn't look like we're going to get it because you know no, the net goes in. Everything's agreed. Two million deal signed tomorrow. And then Bristol City came out and publicly denied it. So, yeah. It's a uh, you're definitely right about management of funds. I think if you are looking at this from like a financial perspective, you're like, how have we, how have we allowed our top assets to like? I, I was saying this before in a group chat to you guys, saying that what should have happened is that 
last year, he should have either been offered a contract or offered to other clubs. And it's like, he signs a two or three year deal last season because, because you don't want to lose him. It's like, like yeah, well, all right. Like if you want to pay increase or something, like you don't want to do that, but it's like, surely that giving an extra five grand a week is offset by the fact you'll let, you'll then sell him for five million and not lose him yeah. for free. This exactly. year. So I think it is very poor. And I've got to say, it's just like, it just stinks of Neil Bowser. Like, like when we were in the Premier yeah. League and stuff, we bought players that weren't good enough to keep us up. But Ferrara was a good signing. The room was a good signing because he's gone on to be a Champions League player for, um, yeah. for Atlanta. So it's like, well, what, what's happening here then? So, and then you come back down and you say you, you sign people like Braithwaite. Like, there's no long-term vision for our signings. It's like, oh, we'll sign these three strikers. Let's see if we get up with these three. And it's like, no, we need... Like, when we came down, our problem in the Premier League was we couldn't score because there was yeah. no creativity. Like, we had Ramirez, yeah. then we didn't have Ramirez, then we had Downing as, like, and the main have, source of, of, of I mean, creativity. We have, but we needed we to come down like, and sign someone. Yeah, we had people like Victor Fisher as well. I mean, I know he was unlucky with injuries, but, you know, he was... He was a winger, and you know he was—he won the Ajax Talent of the Year sort of a couple of years before he signed. And he was going to be the next sort of big thing from there. But injury helped his career, really. And you know he's back in Denmark, and he's one of Copenhagen's better players. But you know, there's no denying that he was there. We just didn't utilize it. I mean, Gaston just couldn't give up. Sort of after January, he didn't get his move to Leicester, went in a soak. And I remember, I remember a game at Bournemouth away, and you know, we lost 4 0. And he got himself sent off after half an hour. And I'm just, you just look at it and think, oh, just, it it does leave you speechless at times, you know, how petulant and. Yeah. On BBC TV, Maddo used that as an example before. He, he, I can't remember quite what he was saying about it, but he said, like, you see, when players don't want it, and like that, and he said, I'm not going to mention his name, but like then Paul was like, do you mean Gaston? And he was like, yeah. So because he was saying that he, yeah. just, he just didn't want to be there. He didn't want to play that game. And it was just like, he just kind of gave up there for us. So Yeah. Now, you know, I'll, it was, it, Sorry, go it, was exact, it was exactly the same. Um, the first game back after that season, Wolves away. We started the rule. And you could, just, you could just instantly tell he didn't want to be here. You know, he got subbed off, subbed off in a half after yeah. an hour. And, you know, two days later, it goes back to Whitby. But, you know, that's another thing that did hurt me. You know, don't play players who aren't going to fight. And we did we did it so often in my Premier League season, it still annoys me. Like, I mean, even after Karanka left, Steve Agnew, you know, we go away, go away to, I don't know, Burnley, the must-win game. We play farther back. You're just thinking, you know, have a go for God's sake. Yeah, but you know that's that season. Yeah, that that season was just a big mess from top to bottom. So, yeah, well, can't wait to get back <laughs> to the Premier League in a few years' time. No, well, <laughs> be more of the well. same, I imagine. <laughs> um, right, I'll get us, so I'll move us back to the transfer window then, because I've just seen a tweet come out from uh, one of that, that Bristol City reporter. Uh, great name, Gregor McGregor. <laughs> An amazing name. Like, Gre- yeah. Gregor McGregor. Um, the, Dean Holden in his news conference said there was no change on the Jeju situation. Famar is trained today. There's one or two bits of inquiry over the weekend, but he's always wanted to stay at Bristol City. So, no Jeju, uh, no Glatzel. So, roll on AK-47, and it looks like. 
basically well, the only face but, coming through unless unless we get well, I mean well the Mendes Lang's a free agent so we can sign him anytime can't we but yeah, yeah. well you know going back to what Dean Holden said about JJ he wants to stay at Bristol City and signing a new contract then you know don't say oh I want to stay and then let your contract run down for free in the summer you know that's it. that strikes me as a little bit a little bit odd you know saying oh he's happy here you know he doesn't want to leave well his contract's out in six months hurry up and offer him a new deal then fair point um, right so we'll I feel like we've rambled off for a lot longer than we uh, <laughs> I, I imagine we would do but that's good it's the first podcast with us three getting at getting yeah. where we're going to be um, I'll just finish it off then we'll look ahead so let's say transfer window ends Let's say we don't get anybody in at the moment. We're going to go into the next game against Brentford at the weekend. Um, yeah. <laughs> got to keep an eye on them because they, as you guys know, they beat Wickham 7-2 at the weekend. So yeah. got to watch out for that one. Uh, Mitch, how do you think the game's going to go? How do you think we're going to line up? Um, I don't think it'll change much of the team. Maybe bring one of the strikers in. Uh, maybe take... Um, did he start Jed against Forest? Uh, not Forest, uh, Norwich? Yeah, yeah, he's yeah. the right winger. I think he might, might take Bring Jed off, uh, play Lassie wing, maybe bring on a Sombolonga. I think anything, everything else will probably keep the same. Um, yeah. I mean, I'd be happy with the draw, to be honest. It's Brentford. Yeah. They're up there near the top. We need to say anything we can get from teams up there. Yeah. And, you know, going that point, going on, going on that note about, you know, a point away from home, a point against top of the league, a good result. Um, Saturday's game against Norwich annoyed me massively. Because Norwich weren't offering anything with 11 men. And then, obviously, the most creative player, Emmy Buendia, gets sent off. And what irked me was there was no sort of real intention in Warnock's substitutions to go and win the game. And, yeah, I understand his logic of, you know, wanting to get a point. But I just feel that when... You know, you know, how many times are you going to play Norwich and their most creative player is going to get sent off? You know, just you know, show some intention. And, you know, yeah, we bought Akpom on and then we could have bought Fletcher on, we could have bought uh, Watmore on, but... I think that game just screamed for 4-4-2, put it in the box. Yeah. I really do. I mean... As, so, as, so, as soon as Norwich went down to 10 men, I was thinking, right, we're, we're playing five at back with three holding mates. And you're thinking, right, get Spence off, get get one of Mar- Marcy Savile and McNair, get one, get one of those off, you know, get Watmore, get Fletcher on, you know, get people who, you know, can create something, yeah. that thing, you know, have a go have a go yeah. at them. Because, you know, as I was saying, Norwich weren't exactly offering much with 11 men. And I don't want to be offering anything when Buendia got sent off because he's their main sort of outlet. I mean, he was linked to Arsenal, wasn't he? So, yeah, yeah it shows exactly. you how good of a player he is. Yeah, I mean, Norwich, Norwich's squad on paper is one of, arguably, not the best in the championship. And I was was quite surprised, you know, they managed to keep hold of, you know, Max Aaron's Todd Cantwell. Uh, people like that, and you know, they bought in. Good quality loan players, people like Oliver Skip, and you know they've kept all the people like Tim Crow, and you know they've they've basically kept kept most of the team, but got them up two seasons ago, 
and improved on it, if anything. Yeah, I know Jamal Lewis is gone, but they've bought a lad in from Pauk, who was wanted by quite a few of the big clubs. So, you know, they're, they're a shrewd team. Um, but again, you know, as Mitch was saying, you know, you'd have took a point before the game, but given the way the game panned out, it was fair for us to win type thing. I'm just disappointed that we didn't, you know, have a go type thing. Yeah, it's a very Back fair point. I think what, you, what you're saying, Mitch, there, like it crying out for 4 4 2 and stuff. I think it was what I thought we were missing was that, again, yeah, I agree. Warnock after the game said, yeah, like I did against Arsenal, I brought on an extra striker when they down, went down 10 men and I lost like three and they lost something like that. But I think you could yeah. see from you could see from that game, you could see that like Morsi would pick up the ball in the midfield and he'd try and sprint 30 yards. And <laughs> I'm not Morsi's biggest fan, but he, he just he just looked like lost. He just looked like a little yeah. fat lad that you'd see at Sun, like on Sunday League, like running yeah. down the line. Like he you what what that what would have been so good there if he like, if he'd have brought what more on and he could have picked up the ball late and it was just crying out for what more. There was so much space yeah. in the midfield. Like that goal is your audience. Was it Swansea where he had the shot nicked off the defender and yeah. went in? Just it was crying out for him or Robert so he could get all of the ball and have a go at them. But I think I think yeah. I, I'd have rather have, if we'd have gone for it and lost it, it. That's almost more forgivable than not going for it and stuff. So but, exactly. But I think we've talked so much about Norwich now. I'll just get go on score prediction then for this uh, coming game against Brentford. Alex, what are you going to say? Well, I was going to say Brentford are obviously very good team. They play good attacking football. Um, should have gone up last season, bottled it. Um, obviously, Watkins and Ben Rama have gone, but Tony's coming. Um, he did get sent off, so is he suspended? No, I know he got Not sent. Sure. I know he did get. I know he did get sent off. Um, I can't remember whether it was last week or the weekend before. So I think I was... if you if you isolate Ivan Tony in that game, you've got a good chance of nicking a point at least, especially against the good as sad as they are. Very good point. Yeah, then. No, so, um, go on, score prediction for yeah. you two then, just just to be round it off. Yeah. No, I'm I'm gonna say two one to Brentford, and you know I. I'd be positive, but I do think they will have too much for us. But I think I do. I think we'll score, but I do think quality will pull through. So with Embuemo and Tony, and you know, obviously the attacking football they play, putting seven. I mean, yeah, I know Wickham, uh, the whipping boys of the championship type thing, but you know, two two at half time to go go and win seven two is still very impressive. So I do I do think they will have a bit too much for us, but I don't think they'll keep it clean sheet. So I'll go two one to them. Mitch. Uh, I'm gonna go one nil to Borough, Dale Fry, header has to be. Needs to get a goal. First goal first goal of his career. <laughs> yeah, needs to be. Needs to be. Wait, he's, ne- wait, he's never scored. He's never no, scored. He's never scored. Because back, I was saying that. when when Wood hit the post against who did he hit the post against? Rotherham, uh, was no. it? Rotherham, yeah. 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 When he hit when he when he hit the post, I said to my dad, I went, Imagine if he'd have scored before Fry. <laughs> like Fry's played how many games? Like over fifty games for us. And he, and he just, still and just had what a, what a good performance he put in, I think, to step in. Oh yeah. yeah. Well, I, th- I, I, I felt sorry for him, like because it was like, that game was made for Fry. Yeah. Like, just a big lad. It was, yeah. And he's not yeah, really physical. Do. But he, yeah. he, I mean, I'm, 
I'm kind of glad we haven't brought anybody else in because it's allowed him to have a few goals like in defence and just develop. Like maybe like, if next year we like Hall's healthy, we manage to bring somebody else in like on loan. You can then loan out Wood to get more experience yeah. with Championship League One level. I think he's yeah. a good thing on our hands there. Exactly. And going back to your point about going, going Isaiah Jones out the Queen of the South. And, you know, he got five minutes against Brentford in the FA Cup. And, I mean, I'm, I thought he offered us a lot more than Sam Ferrarin did throughout the full game. Yeah, I know Ferrarin scored, but he couldn't exactly miss. Um, but I think Isaiah Jones, he had a bright little cameo, you know, showed he's going to be a player. And, you know, it makes sense to send him out of, you know, give him some game time. Yeah, I know it's I know it's the Queen of the South, the Scottish Championship, you know, so you can say, oh, it's not not really a great division. But, you know, the physicality is there, so he'll learn, he'll learn the physicality there of it and obviously come back, come back to us um, with game time, ex- sorry, experience and whatnot and you know I think it'll do him good sounds good thank you very much guys right, I, I'll just go yeah. before we finish off I'll give you my uh, prediction I think I think you're right Mitch maybe like one nil either way I, I'll be yeah. I'll be um, optimistic as well and I'll say one nil and I think it's going to be George Savile scoring that goal so uh, well guys that's it then thanks very much for joining me hope you've had fun yeah. on our first podcast yeah. together thank you for having me yeah no he's got Not to be problem. part of it Tom. Thank you very much and we'll see you all next time.